0: Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we have Adam, and he's wearing a very bright shirt. We're wearing Rihanna, and she's wearing not as bright of a shirt. I'm wearing my Marvel News Desk shirt, actually, today.
1: Saw that! I need yeah. to get one of those.
2: I like that. That logo's yeah. dynamite.
1: I you thought never... we all got one. I was going to say, you never got one, Adam? That was Did a we terrible get one?
2: Angle. I thought we all
1: got them at the same time. You know
2: what? I might. I don't know. I, I'm not a real big t-shirt person so yeah. we might have uh bigger news the ufo ufo reports out and we're totally invaded by aliens and they're not letting the government tell us anything
1: no we're totally invaded by ufos but there's no confirmation of aliens so, so here's
2: i have a bone to pick all right can i pick a bone please i, I want to pick a bone i want to pick this alien bone everyone reports UFO reports no findings of alien craft, but the report explicitly states they have no idea what the hell they are. Out of the 114 sightings they looked at, they identified one. Here I go again.
1: Yeah, but it could be it could be like Elon Musk doing stupid stuff that he hasn't told anybody about. And it not be aliens.
2: But I'm not convinced Elon Musk isn't an alien, though. That's what the I, thing is, you know?
1: I have watched season one of the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch, and I totally think it's aliens.
2: So I don't, I don't, I do think, on a more serious note, I think it is kind of ignorant to not think there's something out there, you know? I mean, we're just, we're what? If our galaxy is in a pencil eraser. You know, and the universe is what? Like the whole school bag or something? Or the whole school? Or the whole block? City block the school is on? I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. There's aliens. I think it is very presumptive to think that they would care about us. You know, like, I I think it's possible if they're advanced enough to look in on us, that they would go, oh, that's it. That's That's why they keep leaving. That's
2: why they keep leaving and coming back. Exactly.
0: Aliens look at our planet, and it's like well, I just saw a uh, a news article that a Burger King in Memphis had like a drive by shooting because there was too much spicy sauce on their uh chicken the chicken sandwich. <laughs> if I walked in there and I saw somebody waving a gun over a chicken sandwich, I'd be like, Nah,
2: I'm out. He's out. And
0: that is what aliens see when they come here. They look at That's our planet right. and they go, yeah. No, no, no need to mess with these
2: people. E- either that or they. uh dive into the ocean and drown themselves because they had enough they're like oh no we're stuck here for the rest of life and this is where we get chicken sandwich wars nope i'm noping out see ya
1: one i'm impressed that you guys somehow brought this back to chicken sandwiches <laughs> two i think it's presumptuous to think that life forms from an alien planet would at all resemble anything we would recognize as life like there's so much potential of what life could be like it's always our imagination is always like bipeds with like a head two arm you know like maybe yep. a tail maybe like something slightly different but like you know there could be alien creatures that are like i don't know that fit in a pencil eraser and maybe they're running around and we just don't know it because they're tiny and we're looking for human scale
0: I'm also very bothered that we always assume they breathe oxygen. Like NASA right? is always yeah. like, we're looking for planets mm-hmm. that have oxygen rich environments to support life. Why can't life like develop where they all breathe nitrogen in a different planet? Like, like is there a biological reason that's impossible or is it just not something we've seen before?
1: Like wouldn't groot breathe carbon dioxide? Yeah. And a planet full of groups be like carbon dioxide? Earth, Earth.
0: correct. Yes.
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) at the rate we're going, (laughs)
2: roots. (laughs) I agree fully. That's they always say in the search for life, and it's carbon-based or whatever. But I mean, they're aliens, you know. I've watched enough Star Trek or sci-fi. You know, I'm just saying.
1: Mm -hmm. Well,
2: and
0: for that matter, like temperature, they're always like, "Well, we're looking for planets with a certain temperature range." I don't know. What if aliens are like demons that can live in like a million degrees Fahrenheit or whatever? How do we know?
1: And maybe that's mm-hmm. why they never really land. Maybe they get on our atmosphere. Maybe they're occasionally checking on us to see how global warming's going, and then they're like, "Nope, not yet." Yeah, and buzzing off.
0: <laughs> they keep looking at our planet like that planet is too cold for life to possibly exist because on our planet we know that it has to be at least oh. 500 degree
2: fahrenheit for them right you know life exactly so hear me out let's um this might be a story idea maybe i shouldn't share it but what if aliens what we think are of aliens aren't from outer space they're of this planet but from a separate dimension say a nexus event happens or something you know all the i mean we see aliens what i'm trying to say is what happens if there's it's like
1: not aliens so these ufos aren't aliens they're just the multiverse
2: yeah from a future point in time because what happens if like something like quantum immortality is real and after you die in this plane of existence your consciousness gets transferred to your physical body in another one where you keep aging and aging and we think um aliens are these green or gray guys but that's just how you look when you get to be two thousand years old or whatever. You know, I mean, you, you see the oldest people on Earth—they're one sixteen, one seventeen—they're getting to look pretty, pretty wrinkly. You know, I mean, I like it's it. just. Like yeah. it. And then, so you get to be like two thousand or whatever, and then these UFOs are interdimensional spaceships. They're not from space. That's far less realistic than you know a symbiote coming from mars but and this has nothing to do with loki at all but... that, <laughs> yeah. it cracks me up because i every week i'm like our
0: listeners are gonna be like uh, that's it i've been through so many of these stupid tangent conversations this is the straw that breaks the camel's back i'm not doing you know it sounds our... like we're all high like dude what about the universe man but, like... but
1: we're exploring the potentials of the multiverse here people keep coming back
0: i mean we don't know how many right like we're actually not confident they do
2: we do hear some sort of response from listeners we
1: continue to to make the podcast
2: (laughs) every two weeks at least one person tweets the mnd account so at least one person listens every other week that's awesome Uh, and we have our patrons so they they yeah with the people that give us money yes thank you
0: All right, let's talk about, uh, let's start with Shang-Chi. So we got a trailer on Thursday. I was a little surprised. I guess it's about the right timing, but kind of came out of nowhere. It was promoted with one of the NBA basketball games. Um, Yeah, so we got, uh, this is the full trailer. We got a lot more look at the movie. What was your guys' takeaways from the Shang-Chi trailer?
1: I felt like this trailer had a completely different tone. Um, it got me more excited. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I said, when the first one came out, like, I feel like the first trailers are just like weird to me right now. Um, but this one felt like it had a completely different tone and it was exciting. The only thing that I'm feeling right now is I don't know about the Ten Rings. I don't know that stuff. And this trailer to me really felt like you were supposed to know about those rings. like, And and so I sort of was like, oh, I guess I should go look that up and all that. But really, I'll probably just wait until the next trailer or the movie and let them tell me how these rings work.
2: It's uh, it's super interesting you say that because I got the similar vibes, even though they totally redid what the ten rings are, apparently. Yeah. Um, I was definitely- going to say,
0: Rhiannon, you you should not read up. Because yeah. anything you read in the comics gonna is going to movie. be so vastly different
2: than this and it's not going to matter. Okay. They're supposed to be Infinity Stone type things. Each one with a different power. But now, they uh, have like Chi powers too, apparently. Um, five water, five fire or something. I don't know. I loved it. I loved this trailer so much. It looked incredible. And that's the thing. It's... Uh, they usually say the first one's a teaser but what's like the Eternals one it didn't really tease you know it's just footage it's just hey here get excited about something and then this one's an actual an actual trailer where we find out he's he's fighting his father um because he doesn't agree with his viewpoint or whatever by the way um that plot confirmed uh, a pretty healthy leak that is out there. So if you want to know the whole entire plot of Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi it's out there somewhere, including, including the fight, which I have a feeling that's only the tip of the iceberg with Abomination and Wong. I, I think we're going to get some insane cameos in that moment,
0: perhaps. It's a really interesting strategy. So they gave us the scene with Abomination and Wong in it. And, you know, it was kind of like the the, uh, the the trailer post-credit, almost, if that's the way to put it, you know, like the stinger at the end. And it was amazing how no one was talking about the trailer anymore because those returned characters and cameos just kind of, like, blew everyone's mind. It, is that smart? I mean, it seems to be smart because everybody loved it, but, like... Do you think it's wise to like make people more interested in the stinger than the trailer itself?
2: People are gonna watch the movies anyways, man. You might as well, you know. I mean, that's the thing. they don't need to release trailers for this stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't even want to see the trailers unless you're a Spider-Man fan. You know, it's I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I think the Abomination Wong fight got me. I don't I don't want to say a hell of a lot more hype for the movie, but it did help. Cause who's who expected that? You know, I certainly didn't expect to see abomination in Shang-Chi. Um
0: Well and Charles Murphy was tweeting like he's like, I've seen a lot of things about this
2: movie and I know a lot of stuff,
0: but I did not know this was coming. So Right.
2: Ryan. Ryan, people are arguing with him on whether or not it's abomination. It's pretty sure it's abomination. Pretty sure well, it's about
0: the bomb. official the... Marvel like things. Closed captioning, it, right? yeah. The
1: closed captioning said it, right? But there was a dragon, wasn't there?
2: Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Dre, I, I don't want to even say the word because we got into that last time and you guys made fun of me.
0: That's you right. You already said "bag" earlier today, so
2: "bag." What's wrong with "bag"? <laughs> bag.
0: It's I'm, I really don't want to make. Things. I most most of us say bag,
1: dragon. All right, let's let's go back to the dragon. <laughs> There's a dragon, you guys.
2: That's a dragon, dragon. Oh, fine. Dragon.
1: There was a dragon. Oh, there was <laughs> a dragon. It's a
2: French dragon. <laughs> There's a uh, underwater reptilian beast. They made it seem like it comes out of that hole we've seen them by with the uh, floating water or whatever, like that was a door that they had to do something. It's just super interesting. And they're they're going to establish this whole new mythos that we got with Black Panther, where we got with or where we're getting with Eternals. All right. Um, So
0: Adam, we have to talk about my wild theory that may be totally incorrect, but we saw a dragon and then we see Shang-Chi like using a weird yellow orange mystical type mm -hmm. power Mm-hmm. is there any chance that shang is gonna fight a dragon and kill it and it turns out it's actually Xiao Lao and he becomes uh, the iron fist
2: i don't think they'll go that far i mean maybe uh it is interesting uh simu liu just mentioned that there was he explicitly said there wasn't going to be a dragon because they didn't want to get into the stereotypes or whatever right and he took like a... Uh, he said that, right? Or didn't he say that?
0: I, I did not see this. That would seem silly given that the trailer clearly has
2: a dragon in it. That's what I thought was... Uh, he said something like that. Let me. Maybe it's just Fen-Fang-Foon.
1: So... Research. But more, this is an underwater dragon. So is there a chance that if we're not going the shallow direction that this could go the Atlantis direction. Oh. It's
0: an That's underwater
1: dragon fight.
0: Yeah, my brain's also really... I do not remember it fully. Didn't Raya and the Last Dragon build up, like, there's a whole sort of cultural tradition of dragons being associated with water, mm-hmm. at least according to Raya the Last Dragon? And I know, I am sorry, Southeast, Southeast Asian people... My knowledge of this is limited to a stupid Disney movie that may or may not be accurate in any way, shape, or form. And it's different, I'm sure, within, you know, Cambodian culture than Chinese culture. But nonetheless, dragons, water, those are connected in my mind after that movie, so.
1: I mean, if I just stick with my uh, very Scotch-Irish heritage, you've got, like, Loch Ness Monster type stuff, too. Oh, that's true. You know.
2: I can't find the exact link, but it does say um, Fin Fang Foom would be a questionable element that they removed from any connection with... So maybe it's just Fin Fang Fum and not Just the name, maybe?
0: Like, because it does sort of sound like what Western people would make up to have a you know, Asian-sounding name to their kind of ignorance.
2: But I'm not sure if it's... um I don't know. Yeah. So maybe it is dragons and not, I but that's the thing. If we're worried about that, they're certainly not going to go down the path of Iron Fist. I wouldn't think unless they, unless they do. I mean, Kevin Feige says Iron Fist is is one of his favorite characters and they've been sitting on that script for seven years and they're certainly not going to do this movie um, and then turn around and do Immortal Iron Fist with another tournament, you know? I mean,
0: the way I'm seeing it, and this is totally just fan theory gone amok, but like he's fighting his father. It's Wenwu, correct? Is that the Mm -hmm. name of the father? And he can't beat him because he has the 10 rings. And then he goes on a journey and he fights a dragon. And after he fights the dragon, he has this new mysterious power he doesn't understand, which helps him to defeat his father. And then the end of the movie is like, I'm going to go figure out what happened and what, where I got this power from. And then the sequel is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Iron Fist. And they totally go into that mythology in the second one to explain out you know, where this power came from that he had to use in the end to defeat his father. And then at that point, you could have Ooh. a Danny Rand who he kind of put things on his head a little bit like a Danny Rand who's been training for a long, long time and shang chi like kind of is uh, you almost put danny in the um in the iron serpent role you know like that he's been the one that's been trying to get this power and then shang chi just sort of strolls up and grabs it and so that's the tension i don't know if this is a good idea i just think it would be a different way to introduce it and marvel does like um, to remix stuff
2: right i mean the time we did we saw him use that the fire stuff he did have some of the rings, so I'm not sure if he'll just get the rings and that's how he... There's been rumors of his duplication powers or whatever you want to call it. Um Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, we do know Katie or what's uh, Aquafina's name in here? Katie, right? Yeah, I think so. She, her Marvel Legends figure is wearing those red robes and we've seen the red robes fight off against Win woo's people. So I don't know. I mean, I part of me says all oh, they're well, like they're fighting in Kunlun or something, but I don't think so. You know, I mean, sure, why not? Or bring in someone from from that Immortal Iron Fist run to fight in the tournament. You know, Um Fat Cobra or who who didn't they use Uh Tiger's Beautiful Daughter? They didn't use. Or dog brother or someone like that, you know. But
0: You saying didn't use in the Netflix show, right? Who cares? Those reuse them right. because it's just not reuse. canon. You know, I, that's
2: the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's I don't, I don't, know. It, I don't see them after this. I don't see them going the Danny Rand route. I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know why. Certainly not Finn Jones, Danny Rand um uh, it just feels shockingly similar you know
0: yeah
2: and i'm not sure if that's i don't i don't know i would imagine i think my thought process is kind of that this movie's turning out how i would expect the iron fist marvel studios movie to turn out so why do why do that twice
0: Well, and that's why, to me, it makes all the more sense that, I mean, and I I hate this for people that love Danny Rand, but, like, you just erase him out of the picture, you make Shang-Chi the the Iron Fist, and you could use some of that, you know, iconography and some of that um, power set and just put it into an Asian character and kind of smooth over your problems.
1: And I feel like you could still have a Danny Rand character... I think I think what Marvel has been doing well is the the heroes that aren't clearly heroes. So I feel like you could have a Danny Rand character, show him genuinely as this you know, rich white kid from the US thrown into this situation. But it's not necessarily that he's the hero, not necessarily that he's the villain. But to make him a big character in this story and for that to be a side note in all of this that has potential to go somewhere later, I could see them pulling in something like that.
0: Yeah.
2: Also, Danny Rand doesn't need to be a white dude, by the way. Make Andrew yeah. Koji Danny Rand. Make Jessica Henwick Danny Rand. You know, make make whoever Danny Rand is. Mm-hmm. It's just... But there is an
1: outsider element to Danny Rand, isn't there? I mean, like, to me, the essence of what what keeps it Danny Rand versus what keeps, you know, versus it being Shang-Chi, the Danny Rand, there is the rich, privileged American. Right, and
2: I think you can get that while still being faithful to someone's heritage. Maybe the parents left and came to America or something, you know, yeah. and yeah. left their people behind or, or something like that. But
0: Certainly this trailer had a lot of magic stuff that I think kind of surprised me. Like visually it did look very Dr. Strange ish. Um, and even the way the 10 rings worked. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how I, what else did I expect? I guess is a good question, but like, I guess the appearance of Wong plus the dragons plus that weird shot of Wenwu and shang like fighting over the rings and having different colors of magic. I think this would the possibility of this tying into a doctor strange or a Scarlet witch, I think is much higher than I thought it was earlier this week. Like to me, that was one of the big takeaways is that the mystical side of the MCU is going to get expanded by this movie. Did you guys feel those vibes at
2: all? Uh, from a mystical standpoint, yeah. Not necessarily like the multiversal, right? Standpoint. Um. Yeah, I, I'm assuming the fight is for the ten rings. I don't know why else everyone would be there. I would guess Wong, is there, because Strange wants the ten rings to put away or something, which doesn't make sense. That's what Strange wants send himself. So. Um. I don't know why Abomination would want the rings. Something for the United States government. Is he still in? Uh, um, the raft. Yeah, where did he? Where did he
0: go at the end? Is he in the raft? So it's. I always get this confused. There is a reference to him in the raft, but I feel like it was maybe in a Netflix show or uh, Agents of Shield or something. I'm not sure if there's an actual technical MCU reference to him in the raft. Hmm. Um, certainly, the one shots suggest that he is in U.S. custody, and I believe those are canon according to Marvel Studios.
2: So maybe old Thunderbolt wants him or something. Um, when we do get closer, we should do what's the opposite of a death pool? The most surprise we should have a draft. Uh, oh, the cameo each, pool. Yeah, we each have the three or four people we picked. Uh, oh. Most unlikely Fight Club cameos or something. And we can't do our favorite characters—no Black Bolt, Daredevil, or Iron Fist. <laughs> maybe, maybe Matt Mur- does show up. Maybe he does.
1: We all get one free point if they do. Okay. Right.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, like we, there's like a cage mat. After Abomination beats Wong, Rocket Raccoon
2: steps in, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> exactly. Yes. If Black Bolt shows up and Shang Chi, I'll give Caleb a million dollars oh great awesome let's I think should it's something that, that you could actually do yes. all right i will buy caleb a nice steak dinner i will oh, treat caleb and his wow. wife to a nice steak dinner that's, that's awesome. you
1: will come yeah. to new york comic-con i'm <laughs> buying i think, I, a I steak think i'm
2: coming to new york comic-con anyways so i will yeah. buy caleb a nice steak dinner if black bolt shows if black bolt's at it yeah maybe because that's right around the time miss marvel is gonna air too
0: yeah I feel like this gave us, this will sound weird. I felt like that was a taste of what She Hulk promises to be. Cause they keep telling us that She Hulk's gonna have these weird, surprising cameos. And that feeling of like, is that abomination? Like, I just mm-hmm. think that that is what we're being promised is going to happen every week on She Hulk.
2: By the way, another reason you need to listen to Marvel News Desk is we talked about this last week or the week before, right, about how She-Hulk's going to break all expectations. And the Charles Murphy tweeted the same exact thing last night. So if Charles is saying it, you just heard it from um, us. No, you just just know these (laughs) M&D folks. They know what the hell they're talking about. Just saying.
1: I mean, I think for our... And I looked it up, about 500 listeners they've learned that we actually have a clue sometimes what we're talking about even if we're not saying it out loud i love the lack of confidence there
0: <laughs> they have heard that we know
1: what we're talking about sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when adam and Caleb were talking they totally know what they're talking about
2: <laughs> it is funny though because i do tweet stuff that's not necessarily good posting so sooner or later, <laughs> I can come back and retweet the stuff and be like, "LOL," or something like that. But then the good thing about posting is some of them are just posts, so who knows? So the craziest
0: theory I saw in this tra- about this trailer was, um, you know, how they're like arm rings instead of like finger rings. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said, "What if they're rings for a dragon? Like they're bigger <gasps> because they fit like dragon fingers." And then they fit on arms for human beings. And I thought, oh. That's amazing.
1: I love that. I like that. That's the type of twist I want. <laughs> I'm just, when I'm sitting here going, you know, I need more twists. I want more, more surprises. That's the exact type of thing I want.
2: Now I'm falling into Caleb's track, because Conlon technically was founded by aliens. Like, it's a <laughs> crashed alien spaceship. And the Ten Rings kind of fit with a sci-fi type vibe. So if they're going way back to the beginnings of Kumbhla and an alien spaceship that made this interdimensional city.
1: Can I pick Black Bolt as my surprise cameo?
2: Yeah, you can pick Black Bolt. Caleb can pick
1: Not Murdoch and-, and I'll yeah. pick
2: Matt Murdock or whatever, <laughs> yeah. That's funny.
0: I think the other cool thing to me about the trailer was just it felt very action heavy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we do with the trailers is we like, I try to like reconstruct the movie. Like, okay, that looks like it's an act one action scene. And that looks like something that'll happen in act two. Like I try to like put the movie together. I feel like this movie has a lot of action scenes. There is the cage fight stuff. There's the skyscraper stuff. There's the um, attacking him on the bus stuff. There looks like at least one major, like, battle, but maybe even two, like, one back in history and one nowadays, and the mythical creatures and stuff. Um, there's all sorts of stuff with, like, training. I guess, is his, ma- is his mom played by Michelle Yao? Is that right?
2: That's, that's what I got from it. I've definitely got mother-type vibes from that scene. Maybe that's already confirmed. I don't know
0: but there's also all the action stuff that's more that really hyper bright crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of looking stuff yeah where they're like
2: bending the air
0: yeah and so it's just they they keep giving me shots that unless they're collapsed into one scene i'm like there's going to be six or seven major like action beats in this movie and that's exciting you know like i just finished watching winter soldier and one of the things i love about that movie is it's not just like talk, 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 action scene from uh, from act one, talk, 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 action scene for act two, talk, 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 action scene for, you know, like there's like action that punctuates that movie throughout. And I feel like we're definitely seeing that with, with, with Shang-Chi. Hell yeah, man. By the way,
2: can you guys see the Immortal Iron right there? mortal oh. iron fist complete collection the best comic ever written bar none that is the hill i will die on so who wants to fight about it you guys know my twitter handle let's fight <laughs> i'm down for a good
0: old twitter scrum let's do it adam just woke up this morning choosing violence I,
1: what, I, what I love about adam i love about adam is i can send him a message and be like adam i'm stirring up come join me and he's like yes yes, yes.
2: Yeah, I'm there. Lickety split. That's
1: funny.
2: I don't care. I I, my favorite thing in the whole world is when Scoopers fight. I love it. I pop a bag of popcorn. I put my feet up. I say, "Let them fight. Let them fight." (laughs) Like stoke the fire. Some days, you know, I'll tweet something. (laughs) I'll be like, "I don't mean it," but I just want to see where this goes. You know, maybe that's my psychopathic tendencies showing through or something we
0: just need to you want to do a good tiktok for your burgeoning tiktok career adam get that video clip of um godzilla where uh where the guy where the guy looks at godzilla goes let them fight yeah just put just put your face over it and every time there's a scooper just pull that meme right out yes yes
2: yes i do love most scoopers though like our boy charles I would. I don't even consider him a scooper, really. He's an actual legitimate entertainment journalist. I would consider him. Wow. Legit.
0: High praise.
2: Um, I might. I might put my boy Daniel up there too. RPK knows what he's talking about.
0: I feel like the Disney Insider people are pretty responsible on all the stuff that they do.
2: The last two times I've written something, they wrote the person who was about publicly woke it back immediately after i published the article so, so adam doesn't feel the so same I'm, way I do, i'm cool yeah. it off i'm cooling off i love <laughs> skyler I, and they, they have legit sources more on the disney side of things i think yeah compared to marvel and, and star wars but um was
0: there any other news i frankly didn't do too much of a news survey this week i didn't feel like anything happened
1: um, tch, tch. I'm having a hard time keeping the news away from all the rumors that just So in other words yeah. if
0: you guys listen carefully during the news Rhiannon will leak something that she heard behind the scenes
1: no no I mean even like the public rumors like they oh, yeah. suddenly this week and I mean I, I, I find this interesting you know we've ever since the last Spider-Man movie ever since Far From Home um and i find it hilarious how people get the spider-man names mixed up so i had to just like stop and think there for a second ever since five far from home there have been in, in, in sites that say matt murdoch in spider-man 3 you know so like that that has gone out and i mean more reputable sources are saying that now but Every day there's a a website of some sort. I think it was like giant robot or big freaking robot. What's the robot site? Whatever this week saying, you know, Matt Murdock and Hawkeye or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So those, those rumor site things. And I feel like now there's a story about Daredevil showing Charlie Cox, Daredevil showing up in Every single property coming out soon, except for Shang Chi. I haven't heard it for Shang Chi, but maybe, maybe it will. If it does, Adam has to buy himself a steak
0: dinner. <laughs> I think that's what we agreed to earlier.
2: That's, that's fine. I think that's
1: should.
2: I will do that. I will buy myself a nice steak dinner. I could do every night, anyways.
1: And I get one point. So
2: <laughs> there's nothing so, that
0: happened in the news besides I, this. after this. Will be like so. Uh, just to. Get you on the scoreboard. Adam has six points and three stakes. Rihanna <laughs> has. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about Loki then. Um, so I'm going to start this week. I just I think that if you're the kind of person who feels like plot has to be advanced in a TV show to be a good episode, this episode of Loki probably you felt like wasn't a good because this felt to me like character development the loki episode like it was very much about developing who these characters are and coming to know loki better and i don't think that was bad but i am sure there are a lot of people for whom this was their least favorite just because not a whole heck of a lot happened in this episode i feel like is that where
2: you guys were with this one not a heck of a lot happened It set up annihilation man what the hell it officially confirms Annihilation Conquest is on the way, so get your party for, pants on. For listeners who don't know rock. what
0: this is or why, what, what is the connection here, the, Adam?
2: It's just the connection, man. It's just this dope connection to the super cool comic story that I like reading sometimes, and I can't wait to see it on the silver screen. But it's all the planet Lamentus, right? Lamentus, yeah, is that's it. Lamentus, yeah. the only time Lamentus has ever showed up in Marvel comics is Annihilation Conquest. Annihilation Conquest, for whatever reason, Marvel says, you know what? We're going to do a space story. We're going to slap that Annihilation on it. Because now Al Ewing's doing the last Annihilation, but at least Al Ewing should be able to write a decent story. But I digress. So Annihilation Conquest comes after Annihilation. And Annihilation, Annihilus annihilated everything. But in Annihilation Conquest, Annihilus doesn't annihilate everything Ultron in these techno organic things called the Phalanx? Phalanx? What, yep. How do you say it, Phalanx? I
0: say Phalanx, but yeah.
2: They annihilate everything. And Lamentis is one of those planets. It serves as like a free homeworld, rimworld yep. type thing with Phylavel, and it just so happened to be in Loki.
1: They totally didn't go into why the moon was crashing into the planet.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm, like
2: it's in the future and that's the thing these annihilation stories are almost non-canon because they completely altered everyone's looks in there i mean before this they star lord looked all sorts of weird and annihilation brought him to kind of modern looks so we'll uh we'll see we'll see Hmm i just find these little stupid silly little hills to die on and none of it will ever happen but... someone looked through the marvel handbook they're like you know what we're gonna use lamentus because it only appeared in one comic issue ever and certainly no one's gonna have an attachment to it
0: see i figured it was more picked because the name is evocative of like the mood like to some degree the characters were lamenting the, the things that had happened in their lives and the sadness they experienced so I just think the planet's name was very apropos to the theme but Rhiannon you've been asking for more I feel like more character development you love your serialized tv and the time it takes to explore were you happy that this episode
1: was the way it was I, I mean I enjoyed this episode it was so funny because like I I don't know I feel like with these episodes we get to immediately talking about them i have a group of friends that we immediately talk about them that morning and by noon i don't remember how i felt when i actually watched the episode because i'm just like digging into it so much um but i enjoyed the episode i wish some of these character development things like we had gotten to see instead of talk about i mean i don't know that i really needed loki and uh, sylvie talking about loki's mother and all of those emotions i kind of want to see all of those i mean and the one that we could have seen is you know i mean the big thing of this episode for a lot of people is like confirmation that loki is by, i guess if not pan right um and I I feel like that would have had a lot more meaning to people if they had shown it, you know, if, if they wanted to have that character development and all of that, you immediately have Loki getting drunk. Like I, I'm not even, I, I, to me, and this is probably a deeper discussion or so, but like, I feel like Loki is almost asexual. Like we haven't seen him so much as show any sort of romantic attraction to anybody, So to me, the revelation was less that Loki is into guys and girls and more Loki has romantic, you know, feelings towards anybody. I feel like
0: I could be wrong. I always felt like there were vibes in some of the Thor movies where he was crushing a bit on Sif and he was always a bit annoyed that she was pining after Thor since Thor was clearly not interested in her.
1: Yeah, and I probably should go back and watch the Thor movies that aren't Ragnarok, um, for for all of these takes. Yeah, I mean, I'm bet you're making that, but you know, like, uh, if you have to, <laughs> should. I mean, they they're kind of like making it so I feel like I need to, but I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I, it, you know, and, and so some of that just like felt weird to me because, like, to me, the revelation was Loki. Gives a crap about romance and love, anyways. But then we skip to this whole like monologue about, you know, Loki's journey to coming up with a decent metaphor. um I, and it almost makes me like, it makes me feel like Loki is trying to pretend to be a person or something, you know, that, that like, oh, I feel like I should have romantic interests, but uh yeah, yeah, there were princes and princesses after me. You're, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, so, so like a lot of it, like I feel like it's development, but I feel like they haven't figured out how to do that development. Um, I, I think like one of my big takeaways from this is, I I feel like Marvel, they they're trying to do a six hour movie, but we really do need six TV shows. I mean, like TV doesn't, you know, you can't have that second act development or sloth as you go through a six hour movie when it's spread out week to week. Um, So I feel like it still had the pacing issues and all that, but overall I really enjoyed this episode. They gave me an actual apocalypse, you know, like an actual devastation event. Um, But again, it just felt like it was full of plot holes. Um, You know, Loki has all these magical powers yet. He couldn't protect his little time time thingy. And you have this little time thingy, but it's still like the battery drains like your iPhone. I you you have the woman with this machine that that can shoot an electromagnetic pulse, but whatever she has powering it can't power your little iPhone. Um you know the rocket doesn't take off because it gets destroyed. And yet when the rocket gets destroyed within five minutes of launching, you're like oh, if I had just gotten there, I could have stopped that somehow. I mean, there were just a lot of little things like that that just sort of took me out of being like, oh, this is perfection TV, but I enjoyed the episode. Um, Mm. What did you guys think of the look of Lamentis? Because I felt like they had just sort of recycled a Mandalorian set.
2: So, yeah, it was very obviously a soundstage. Um, I think maybe if they used the volume, it could have looked better. Or did they use the volume? I think they did uh, use the volume on that, and that's why it looks so. Uh, are you sure?
1: Is that why it looks like the Mandalorian? It did look
2: off. I love the uh, actual set piece and the, like the design. I mm-hmm. love sci-fi. I mean, you have Thor Ragnarok, which is bright but flat. You know, it's like the green and the red contrasting with light colors, but it's still flat. But then you have the Contraxia and the lamentus where there's the the bright neon stuff and i love that type of stuff um it did look look um interesting it did look noticeable i guess compared to to other people i think my biggest criticism was how they ended it like it didn't even feel like in it, it they stopped at mid-shot and they didn't See. like pull in on a, a closing or like they could have like closed in on Loki's eyes or or something or, or wrapped it up, but it was very mid shot.
0: I am totally the opposite. I loved the ending. I know like in, in our living room, like there was just silence for a minute. Like that's it. Like the abruptness to it was meant to like, make you feel what they're feeling of. They really thought they were going to get on that thing and somehow fix their problems. And they have no workable solution at this point. And so that abruptness I thought was very tonally correct to what the characters are going through. Particularly because the reason you go to an apocalypse like that is because no matter what you do, it's not gonna trigger the TVA. So it's not like the you know, like if there are any other point in history, they could do something crazy and it would trigger the TVA to show up and they could jump through their portal. But not in an apocalypse, like There's nothing they can do. I am very stuck about how they're going to get out of that situation. And so Rhiannon says, like, you know, you mentioned, like, kind of plot holes or things that bug you. I love it. I love that they don't have magic powers that can just do sex machina, fix the problem. I love that, like, there's actually limits to how good the time pads work and Mm. that they have batteries. Like... I like constrictions to the plot, you know?
1: I like that there's stakes and constrictions, but also while they're doing that battle, Loki somehow made a tower go back vertical. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, they gave, I mean, that's, I mean, to me, tower. that's,
1: there's limits to it, but they're not clear and consistent. Yeah.
2: yeah. There aren't. So, Mr. They've-
0: Sunday Movies did their weekly talk on it, and their editor did a great job. You see Loki sort of takes his arms and like pulls them back and sort of like pumps out his chest and that goes backwards. And they showed Mm -hmm. two or three other times in Thor movies where Loki makes that same movement and he makes things fly. So like in his prison cell in Thor, the Mm -hmm. dark world, he does that and all the furniture flies against the walls. So it actually is something he's done in the films before.
1: Sure, Not but he didn't skilled. list that in his skills at the TVA in the previous episode. He didn't, you know, there's right who has the time to go back and watch through these movies for
2: something like that, man. Uh, but, they, they're affiliated or they're like a YouTube partner or something, right? Like, but these is, is their full time job, it's got to be. Uh, they, they could, it is, yeah,
1: all right. So, but here's the thing they could trigger a Nexus event. Um, even though this planet is going to be completely destroyed and it's going to be completely gone, what if something incredibly inspirational happened on the planet just before it's destroyed that ends up with this destruction of the planet being inspirational rather than um, you know, something that goes down in history as, oh my God, this is awful. That planet was destroyed. What if it's like, oh my God, is that planet was destroyed? This thing happened and it was so inspirational that now people think about this and it it becomes a Nexus event, such as suddenly the planet is covered in fireworks.
0: Okay. I mean, that might happen.
1: I mean, they talk about fireworks and Loki creating fireworks a lot in this episode. So Loki could create a Nexus event by putting off so many fireworks planet-wide that it becomes an inspiration as people think about it. And then the TVA would have to come and get them.
0: The other theory that I heard, and again, I think it was Mr. Sunday, that I loved is that this whole episode is Enchantress messing with Loki's mind. So we saw at the beginning of the episode that like that she sat and had like drinks with that TVA agent. Think about how much of this episode was her and Loki at a table having drinks. And she specifically says, in order to take over someone's mind, I have to touch them physically. And then depending on how strong they are. It's a more or less complicated thing that I have to do. What if Loki's mind is so strong that when she touches his temples at the very beginning of the episode, everything from there on out is in Loki's brain to get him to, to cough up the, uh, the time pad. And next episode, we're going to come back and we're going to be back in that little mining trailer and she's just been taking him for a ride the whole time.
1: That would be cool that would be cool i still think there should have been fireworks <laughs> create a nexus there event with the fireworks
2: there may be still yeah we'll see speaking of fireworks, have you guys been key this is to- this is uh
1: if you take this back to chicken sandwiches man
2: that chick is close have you been keeping up with like the jared padalecki stuff with the supernatural prequel yes i love of. it a little I bit i love that so much i love it why it's oh man i feel bad for the dude
0: so i don't know any of the entities involved what i thought was really weird and sort of disingenuous there's a tweet yesterday that was like hey people don't tweet him hate tweets don't be nasty to him he's still my friend i'm like bro when you take your like personal beefs with friends and you tweet them to millions of people a few crazy people are gonna send your friend hate me ma- like that's your fault that is on mm. you like even us like if you and me were fighting about something Adam and like I put like a Adam sucks like tweet like on Twitter like that's just irresponsible for me to have taken our private situation and like thrown it into social media world does that that's mean bizarre. I
2: should stop tweeting about that stupid timeline that you keep trying to shove down everyone's throat <laughs>
0: no that's not that's just a fake fight for the show at least it's for me maybe Adam's secretly like angry I still
2: don't understand I still don't and I got thinking about it last night and with WandaVision and the boys and scouring the multiverse I'm like this upsets me so damn much (laughs) It upsets me I don't get it I don't understand she could just use her damn go to the TVA and get the clicker, and go get your boys back, since all it has to do is the silly little timeline. But anyways, that's just more drama. I love drama. Let's... who if someone want to start a Twitter fight, let me know. You know where to find me. Loki was good, though, and that's the thing. I mean, it, television exists for these character stories. If you write a television show, and you can't inject a little bit of character into it, um probably shouldn't be writing television you know I mean television is for character driven stories and that's why I increasingly believe um, within the next few years we're not going to get any more solo um, film franchises there's just no need for it, right I mean they're all going to be Avengers movies they're all going to be these massive Eternals ensembles they're all going to be Uh, shang chi or black panther that actually explore this world but like character like wanda you don't get the same impact with giving her a two and a half hour movie than you do the series you know yeah you don't get that with loki or you don't get that with this so that they're going to get to some point where they just you know save save the silver screen for the spectacles and give everyone else this character driven stuff and you always see the slow burn and the slow burn this and the slow burn that I mean like what the hell do you expect do you expect a th- 6 episode series to be you imagine have... imagine if these stands were around to sit through a 20 episode agents of shield season
1: well and you, I mean but you can have 6 episodes that still I mean I Just because they're sitting there talking doesn't mean it's not interesting. I just... You can have that same character development with things happening. I don't know. I mean, I just keep thinking, like... Chernobyl. Did you guys watch Chernobyl? Mm -hmm. And it's based on a true story. So, I mean, like, obviously completely different. But... Chernobyl was the first television project that Craig Mazin did. He was the showrunner on Chernobyl. One, they had a showrunner, not a head writer. Um, Which I think is important. I think it's something where Marvel's taking a big misstep. Anyways, Craig Mazin had never worked in television before. HBO gave him six episodes to tell the story of Chernobyl. Craig got into it and he started laying it out and coming up with beats and it was released weekly. Um coming up with beats and coming up with everything. And he finally, he was like, actually guys, I think this is a five episode series. And they, they cut it down to even less. You don't know those characters even less. I mean, all of those characters in that story, none of them are people you've ever heard before, except for maybe Gorbachev. Um, It's, it's all brand new. They introduce this world. They take you into all of it. And in five tightly written episodes, you go through this journey. Here we have six episodes with a character that we already know. And I, I just feel they're not hitting those beats. They're not, there's something about this movie-to-television mindset that they are missing with that. And I don't think it's the number of episodes. I don't think it's you know anything. I think somewhere along the line, they're just choosing not to make these stories deep. Or just not to make it, I, but it could be interesting. There could be things that happen, and I feel like this episode did have things that happen. I mean, I, I enjoyed the train ride. I enjoyed the way they snuck onto the train. I enjoyed the fight on the train. I enjoyed them getting thrown off the train. Like I, everything about that I enjoyed. Um, they're just kind of missing something small.
0: The. But- The way I would put it, and I don't know if this is right, but this is my theory right now. I still think that they are plotting these out like they're a binge show. Like, they are still saying, like, if you sat down and watched all Mm -hmm. six of these together, how would these episodes need to move to make a enjoyable five-hour experience? Yeah. But then they're releasing them weekly. And so, like, last night, would have or this week's episode, I think, could be a nice sort of respite if you had watched two before it and four after it, but when you're right. just watching three, it doesn't have the right punch to it, maybe, and I I do think that Feige sort of admits that when he says we look at these as six-hour movies, he's kind of saying like, we're thinking about how you would digest it if you watched it all in one sitting, and that's not how they're being released, and to me that is the biggest challenge. They are not asking, is this a satisfying 45 minutes as much as is this a, you know, um, is it this is the, the
1: second act of our five hour movie. Yeah. And the second act is the hardest part. And there, yeah, I, I totally agree, Caleb. I think that's it. And, because, and also, I mean, like my friends that watched Winter Soldier that sat and wait, they waited until Falcon and Winter Soldier was all out, watched it all at once. They're like, it was great. You know, the folks that watched WandaVision all at once, it was great. I think, um, yeah, they're just really not doing a good job of the week to week, which is, I don't know. I mean, like when Daredevil season one came out, it was like the first time that stuff was being released for you to watch it all at once. It was so funny, like that comment, you know, this is revolutionary. You're going to sit down and watch it all at once. And now for us to be swinging that other way where we're going to the week to week, I like the idea of the week to week. I like us being able to talk about it every week. And before we had this bench model, there was weekly television that you could talk about week to week and it held up. When you look at like the first seasons of The Walking Dead or the first or Mad Men, you know, these these fairly recent weekly shows. I know a lot of people get a lost. I just didn't follow the lost conversations back when it first came out. Yeah, but a lot of these shows, when they first came out, like people would talk about them every week, week to week, and it held up. So I think they just really, really, yeah, like you said, they need to stop looking at it as a five hour movie unless they're going to release it as a five hour movie.
0: So the one thing I did think was exceptionally good about this episode that last one shot scene where they are trying to get
2: one shot, yeah,
0: when they were trying to get to the rocket. Like we talked about set design and stuff and how they're using the volume. I assume that was all made in the volume. I, I've looked at it, I can't figure out how they did it. Like the limitations of the volume should make what they did feel impossible.
2: That's why I'm not sure if they did use the volume because that was still a little bit too early, I think.
0: I mean, yeah, the challenge, the so, well, I mean, it's a av- it was available. This was all shot after Mando season two, much less Mando season one. What's fascinating about it is the way the camera moves and the amount of physical things they interact with. I assume there's a bunch of secret cuts in there that you can't tell. But the volume always concerned me of like, after we get used to it, we're going to be able to go, oh, they're in the volume. Because you can tell like, They only move in so many square feet or they don't interact with anything or things that look like they're there. They never touch this thing interwove practical physical sets and what had to have been, I assume, either volume or blue screen, like the way it was weaved in and it felt like a one shot. I think there's some technical mastery at the end of this episode i want to watch like i want the youtube video where they like walk through here's how we shot it here were the cuts here's how we made it because i still watch it like just staring at it thinking how did this happen you know
2: there were a lot of times they they uh panned off the two of them though i mean i loved it too i loved the um The way, I mean, the way they shot it was perfect for the reason, you know, I mean, you talking about camera tricks to get you into the mood where we talk about like the upside down shot in Black Panther where, where Killmonger was taken over the throne or or whatever, and all these shots that are symbolic of what's going on in the story. And I mean, it was the moment was a complete cluster, you know, and the, the camera tricks certainly did that i there were a lot of things in that i seen like the the um guard or the army person or whatever that ripped off sylvie's robe or shawl or whatever and then she just became completely unhinged after there and kept kicking ass you know there were a bunch of little things um and i show. did
1: like that little costume change that was cool
2: I do think that
0: this character, Sylvie, I think, is going to be the MCU enchantress. I mean, they use the term enchantment so many times in this episode that I felt like they were telling us very clearly, the closest you're going to get to the enchantress is this character. And whether that, you know, how that works with her also being Lady Loki, I don't think they really care, but I just, I think they're telling us that this is the closest we'll get to that character in this universe.
1: I think it will be interesting if it's a a yeah i mean i I think it's an interesting situation there's i had something else that had come to mind that was in this episode
2: this is the footage that nasa doesn't want you to see is what the subject line of this email says mars exclusive footage spread the news and it's a link to a curse of
1: skin watcher and then it's just a link to the curse of skinwalker ranch that's that's all it is um so i mean but the other thing that we got in this episode was just sort of that confirmation that the tva so so i think what you're i, I the okay let me step back. the other thing we got in this episode was that revealed that the tva you know those tva employees weren't created by the timekeepers they were variants right, right. that are mind wiped so I think we are getting into a lot of, like, here's what's going on with the mind wiping. Yeah, I think enchantment, mind wiping. I, I think that's why I, I am intrigued by this idea that maybe Loki was enchanted through this whole past episode. Um, Then that can be sort of a going theme on this. And I think that's also that some of these developments would be so much cooler if they were all at once. You know, they're they're the twists that Marvel can normally do and wow us with because those twists come within an hour of a concept being presented but now that we have like a week to think about it you know like if this had turned around and yeah if the beginning of the next episode is Loki was mind wiped and this was all just Sylvie trying to get in his head I would be wild like I never would have had that idea that would have been like oh that is an awesome twist But now everybody's had a week to think about what's going on and all of that. You know, will there be the fireworks? Will there be this? And it won't, we won't get that same feeling of the initial twist. Um, And I don't know. I mean, maybe that is like a downside to week to week television or a downside of us talking about everything, you know, so much between episodes um, to go with that. But the, 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 like, the, so for me, the twist that the TVA agents were all variants, I think if I had just been binging and gotten to that, I'd have been like, oh, oh, okay. That's a cool twist. Yeah. But because we had sort of like had time to sit with the obsession with sea do's or obsession with, um, whatever Jet they're called. Skis. Yeah, yeah. Jet skis. um. Because we had time to sit with that for so long, I think even if we hadn't talked about it, like, you would have occasionally thought about that. Like, it had a little less impact.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think along those lines in the pacing, I was really fascinated by what is the TVA going to do with a million branch realities all happening at once? Like, what Sylvie set up? And this episode, and it's, it's a decision, I don't think it's the worst thing, but all of that chaos totally got put back burner. You know, like the whole time that they're strolling through Lamentus trying to get to the the rocket ship, mm-hmm. the TVA is trying to put out the fires of a million nexus events that all happened at once. And as the viewer, we're totally taken away from that tension. I mean, it just disappeared in this episode. And that's fine. I'm sure they'll pick it back up next one, but it is it's an interesting choice because that was the thing I was most interested in exploring is like how are they going to bring this, you know, this this bonfire of insanity back down?
2: Is this for people what? hoping for more action? Is this public knowledge about a certain someone needing a stunt double for f- episodes four and five?
1: I uh, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, hold on, we'll get back to that, Adam. Okay. Um, I should, crap, where did my I'm thought so go?
0: I was just saying that they put on pause, you know, like there was all They these put them on pause.
1: What would have been very interesting would be if they had managed to create a Nexus event, like if they had listened to me and put off the fireworks and tried to make it an inspirational destruction of a planet. Um and then the TVA doesn't show up because the TVA is so busy with all that other yeah. crap that they can't come and even take care of the Loki's now yeah that would have been a nice way to wrap that all in but you know marvel doesn't hire me for the writing crew so
0: well and i always want to be careful not to like second guess writers because they didn't do what i want them to do I, it would have been interesting to me if you'd had a team of TVA agents trying to stop variant timelines before they hit the red line going at the same time that loki and sylvie are trying to make it to the ship and so they're both in a race against time. And then you ping pong between those two storylines and just build the tension and build the tension and build the tension. But it seems like very specifically, they didn't want that. Like this episode to me was about taking a breath and calming back down, not ramping up. And that's just interesting to
1: me. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I feel with this week to week, every single one can have that type of energy. Yeah. You know, every single week to take, can, you know, take you to the edge and pull you back and take you to the edge and pull you back and yeah they took a breath um, we want them
0: to 24 eyes it did you used to watch 24 20- i used to love 24 because every didn't, week but yes yes every week there's the ticking clock and every week there was a disaster about to happen so yeah
1: and then when you binge those because that was like one of the first shows that like then it came i don't know for me that was one that like people wanted to binge because it was real time right. Like that show was 24 hours of one day so when binging really became a thing people were like i'm gonna binge 24 and watch that 24 hours as 24 hours and yeah and people were like there's no there's no way <laughs> like, yeah like, <laughs> this is completely not possible um the thing adam was just hinting at is um our buddy chris brewster worked on this show Oh. Um, stunt double for Charlie Cox in the Daredevil series. Um, Daredevil
0: and Loki confirmed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he was also he was also in Falcon Winter Soldier. He was also Captain America. He's also yeah. He's been a lot of stuff in the MCU. Yeah. Um, but and I think I mean Adam, did you go back and check that? That we. So I think he's Owen Wilson's stunt double because when I went and I looked because I remembered when somebody brought this up. I went back and I looked at stuff and his wife is also in the series. So in episode two, where there was a fight in the tent, his wife actually tweeted that it was her fighting Chris. So, or not tweeted, but put on Instagram, that it was the two of them fighting in that one scene, which I just thought was a fun little behind the scenes fact. Um, But evidently Brewster is going to be in a lot of the upcoming episodes.
0: Yeah. So So there's your action. Tom Hiddleston has hinted that episodes four and five go a very weird bizarre direction so
2: yeah nah, we've heard that before Yeah, let me guess episode six is going to have this crazy character reveal
1: I say the teaser for episode five will have a crazy epi- crazy character or the end of episode five that's mm-hmm. when they do their, epi- their crazy character reveals
0: it is interesting that Richard E. Grant's now gone uh, half the show and still has not appeared
1: yeah. I wonder
2: is he a timekeeper, you think? Uh it'd be interesting. Or is he old Loki? I don't know. I don't want him to be a Loki. Or is he going to be the Loki that lived a nice healthy long life? And I don't Loki, think a you know, Loki well,
0: well nice adjusted
2: Loki. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like the god of mischief decided he would just hang out on an island. He's like I time gave time. up yeah, on to all this. Eat. I became talks- an
0: accountant, I got married had a couple kids <laughs> yeah,
2: and then he realizes, no, that's not for me, then he gets choked by Thanos who knows because
0: mm-hmm.
2: he can't be like Immortus because that's Jonathan Majors yeah, we'll see unless unless okay. yeah, I don't know that's officially been announced by Marvel though. They announced him in the Disney thing last December. Maybe or has Richard E. Grant not been
0: No, I'm it... pretty sure he's been announced as officially in the cast. So. Cool beans. All right, let's hit the the mailbag real quick. Um
1: Okay, we uh, have a we have a conundrum yeah. in the mailbag.
0: The, okay.
1: Because our buddy in Porto reached yes. out, Sad that we didn't know how to pronounce his name.
0: But he didn't tell us how.
1: But he didn't tell us how to pronounce his name.
0: So he lives in Porto, which made me think of Marvel uh, Nerd News Desk. What is made in Porto that is so excellent? Does anyone know? Guan Is it? I don't uh, My My knowledge of Porto is that's where port wine tends to come from, like a tawny port. And that, when we were on our boat trip, they served one night for dessert port wine with blue cheese and dark chocolate and i think pecans it was amazing so good
2: wait what's
1: porto
0: porto so, is a city in portugal
1: yeah that's what well that's what i was like i mean when you first asked like port was the first thing that came to mind but that seemed like too obvious an answer
0: it's it's awesome port like, comes from porto, porto. in portugal
1: ah <laughs> uh, misapolate
2: not miss apology what's miss apologies? that's not even a word apologizing <laughs> for mispronouncing your name i still didn't know yes. how to yes you. thanks for the tweets yes hopefully you don't demand a listening. refund on patreon for the flub
0: <laughs> at matt turner toad asked us do you think loki stole an infinity stone from the tva when he stopped that building nearly fell i was thinking that he um uh that we'd not seen him use that power before so he was thinking maybe he used the time stone to like cause that building to go backwards
2: maybe maybe it's a prevalent theory
1: i mean that's i mean why not shove your pocket full of infinity stones if they're sitting around like paperweights just in case you end up somewhere you can use them why don't the timekeeper tva agents use them it would make their job a lot easier
0: that's true They should
1: all have, they have enough of
0: them, like they should all just have one in the pocket that they could, yes. Somebody else was complaining about why their little sticks have to be touched to somebody, why they don't shoot, like have no gun function. Yeah. But I I think maybe that's just to to cut down on accidents, you know, if you can disintegrate somebody.
1: That's just good quality control, you don't want, yeah.
2: But it makes sense though, because... They used the sticks on all the TVA people and they were disappearing. So it makes sense that they're variants because the sticks can't disappear non-variants.
0: I don't know. That's interesting. Is that a rule?
1: Oh, okay. Well, no, no, because the, well, the the TVA agents don't know their variants and the guy that didn't know what a fish was almost got pruned. Mm -hmm. So, and he was like, you almost burned me. So oh, okay. they they think at least that they can get non variants. I think yep. they can prune anybody.
0: Yeah. Uh, Nathan Milner on face on Twitter was just saying he's really digging the news desk verse. Uh, after all of our different news desks that
2: we created last week, <laughs> somebody likes sweet tooth.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We totally forgot to announce sweet, sweet tooth news, news, news desk. News desk.
0: Yeah, Rihanna, you said it's you're really into it, eh?
1: I so sweet tooth. Well, one, this was a binge show. We didn't like watch one episode a week and talk about it. So who knows how it would have held up? But I feel like it is a wonderfully paced. I I also feel like it's not too mature. Like I feel like it's mature enough that it could have aired on Disney, on Disney Plus, and not been you know out of their ratings that you know out of out of their sort of target audience it's wonderfully paced it's a brand new world that they present to you the fact that they made this tv series about a pandemic yeah and they like filmed it during a pandemic without without watching it and constantly being like oh too real too real too real yep I, I think they did an amazing, amazing job on that show. Um,
0: Reading the comic, I was like, oh, how are they gonna do this in a TV show right now? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they did a very good job in the very beginning of being like, this is how it is, and this is how it's not like it is right now. Like I, I don't know, just sort of, you know, dumping info very quickly and then moving on. And yeah. and here's a world. This mm-hmm. pandemic actually wiped out everybody yeah except for a few and here we are um i i don't know i was just very impressed with sweet tooth netflix better renew it for more than just one season uh, and uh give me more it's
2: probably already been canceled
1: probably probably because caleb hasn't watched
0: yeah it's my fault yeah. yeah so uh love waffle has this brilliant theory that is so meta i just need to share it quickly So he says the timekeepers are like comic purists who get really upset whenever anything has changed in a comic book. So they get really angry when Spider-Man has organic web shooters or when the Mandarin's a red herring. And of course, whenever a woman or a person of color takes the role of a white person from the comics, like that's their vibe, the timekeepers. And so he went back to his theory that the female Loki is rubbed out because she's a variant he said, now that we know all the timekeepers are variants, like we mentioned last week, there's so many like people of color and women who are in different roles at the TVA. It's because they're all the minority variants of the white characters from the Sacred Timeline. And that's why the timekeepers pulled them out is because they're like racist, sexist, terrible comics people.
1: I love it. I love it. I think it's great.
0: I I thought that was very clever. Timekeepers equal...
1: Fragile
0: old white men. Yeah. He's like, basically, the reason Gugu Mbatha-Raw is Ravana in the TVA is because the TVA was like, what? Ravana can't Mm. be black? And so they just immediately pulled her out of the the main timeline because of their intolerance.
2: I think we're going to see him next week. We're going to see Ravana next week? no the timekeepers oh either next week or episode five maybe it's episode five that promo they revealed they uh you see the golden escalator in the background and they're like in some sort of layer
0: a golden escalator really
2: or elevator
0: oh okay because when i think golden escalator i think of someone else entirely (laughs) speaking (laughs) of aliens arriving
2: on earth Um, he probably was one uh no it's um no, the golden elevator's in the back, and it's like a earthy type thing. So, unless Mole oh, Man, maybe. <laughs> no, nah,
0: Mole Man confirmed.
2: I, it'll be super weird if we don't see the timekeepers, right? I don't know. That's a whole. Uh, or,
0: other... yeah, or whatever phony baloney man behind the curtain the timekeepers are. But, yeah. Kang. All right, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, you can support us on Patre- uh, Patreon.com/slash Marvel News Desk. Uh, as Rian said, thanks for keep listening to the show. People are listening every week. She actually checked the stats, and you exist, so that's awesome. Uh, we enjoy making it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. We will see you next week for another episode of Loki.